Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about an awesome performance coming up. Our guy, Burt Kreischer, is coming live from Red Rocks tomorrow, Wednesday, September 8th. And he's joined by Mark Normand, the narc, as we call him here. No, Mark Norman's great. And you got to get your tickets now because the show is tomorrow. Download the Red Rocks app now, where not only you can get tickets, but you can also get drinks from your seat when you're there. You just order them from your seat and go pick them up. It's it's a must-have that you got to have anytime you go to Red Rocks. So make sure to check them out. Presented by AEG, Burt Kreischer is coming to Red Rocks tomorrow night. Get your tickets now, and it's going to be such a a lovely night at Red Rocks. So get your tickets now, get that Red Rocks app, and have yourself a blast at the comedy show. All right, guys, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach Mace, and the bar. Three for Mr. B. Couple with brick, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday. Feeling like a Monday, but it's a Tuesday, which is good. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because over at MSU Denver Online, they're the new urban online university with learning outcomes equivalent to face-to-face courses, which Mace is unheard of at any other place. But MSU has mastered the art of online learning because they started doing it many, many years ago before the whole world was forced to go there. So check them out. Whether you're online or on campus, it's all the same to them. You get the same quality of an education and you get to continue to live your life. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what's going on, my friend? Oh, not much. Uh, if I had a contact tracer, I'd be wearing it right now. <laughs> I just have my Apple Watch. So oh, that's, that's a contact tracer, probably. I guess you could say so. Yes. <laughs> and- I'm used to wearing things on my wrist. 
obviously not everyone is. And Mace, we'll just <laughs> dive in right now. We thought we knew what happened to the Broncos quarterbacks last year leading up to the Saints game uh, when Kendall Hinton was, of course, forced to, to play quarterback for the Broncos and Philip Lindsay technically get the start at quarterback for the Broncos. But today... Sam Farmer comes out with a fantastic report about uh, just everything with last year's COVID and everything going on there. And it was very detailed. And Mace, he dropped a bomb, one paragraph bomb about the Broncos that said what actually happened. Yeah. And the thing is, I, I, I think all of us who've covered the team have heard whispers and have heard like people that have heard accounts of what happened but they weren't necessarily consistent. So, like, you may have heard, you know, I, I'd been told at least a couple of times, oh, the, the, con- the, the contact tracers were destroyed. But you kind of hear whispers here and there, and that's why maybe... The contact tracers were destroyed. Yeah, I mean, that's... But, but then, like, you hear, like, oh, that wasn't the case. And that's why, like, we kind of have heard things, but maybe because we can't validate them, we can't right. verify them, we're not going to say them. And clearly, no one who was in the room, Mace, was going to validate and and confirm what happened because Mm -hmm. here's exactly what what Sam wrote in his piece. He says, John Elway, Denver's Denver's president of football. Well, I'll take a step back really quick. In the the paragraph before, he's talking about how the NFL did take Mm -hmm. leaps and bounds to make sure that every game was played and and did jump over hurdles to make sure that certain games were played. And remember that same week, they took the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game and moved it from th- from Thanksgiving night, Thursday, to the following Wednesday yep. to try to get it in. And so we knew the Broncos were saying, right. do the same for us. Right. You gave them more than three days. Just give us two days mm-hmm. till Tuesday. And so that's where Sam picks up. He says, John Elway, Denver's president of football operations, made several frustrated pleas to Goodell to postpone the Sunday game until Tuesday when the quarterbacks would be available. The league denied those requests because surveillance video from Denver's facility showed the quarterbacks had tried to fool the system. They had removed their contact tracing devices and put them in the four corners of the meeting room then they sat down together to watch film that close contact automatically made them ineligible to play so mace that last part is why they were ineligible but the part right before of literally fooling trying to fool the system not knowing they were being watched oh i think they knew they were being there are cameras everywhere at dove valley if you don't think they forgot them if you don't know in that, if you work for that organization, whether as a player, coach, or an employee, and you don't know that there are cameras everywhere that that are that are watching you, you're brain dead. Wow. I say this as somebody who's worked for that organization twice. If you don't know that the cameras are are everywhere, you guys screw loose. Yeah. Okay. And that- Mace, this was <laughs> this was for people, and and I know a lot of people are making this just about Drew, and some people are mad that this is just about Drew. Drew was one of four people. Drew was absolutely in there. Drew was the starting quarterback. Drew, I don't care the age, is the leader of the group. There, he exactly. should be the leader of the group. There also were three other guys, a veteran. Blake Bortles, a guy who you brought in to make your veteran backup in Jeff Driscoll. And then uh, at that time, pra- practice squatter, 
Brett Rippon? No, he was no, on the 53. No, he, he was on the 53. He was actually the second teamer because he'd moved up yep. past Jeff Driscoll. And of At course, that point. Uh, a day after this, Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID, which led to the investigation. Another interesting detail from Lindsey Jones of The Athletic, who did say that, uh, quote, a whistleblower told team officials to check the video after the QBs lied yep. and were initially cleared, unquote. Yeah, and Mace, they, so to, to just recap what we knew before today, mm-hmm. we knew what what was the story coming out, that I believe the quarterbacks came in on an off day mm-hmm. uh, and got in a room together to watch film, and I think the story was they were eating and so taking their masks right. off, and mm-hmm. they said that that was just too much uh, when they were pulling their masks down. That was too much for the NFL. That's the story that, that's the story that was out there for right. the and that's just out there. That's then, a lie. Even though like it was interesting after that game, do you remember when Vic Fangio did his Zoom press conference and people are like, "Why is he throwing yep. why is he throwing the quarterbacks yep. uh, under the bus because he's because Vic after the game said, "Quote, I was disappointed on a couple of levels that our quarterbacks put us in this position yep. and that our QBs put the league in this position. Yep. We count on them to be the leaders of the team and leaders of the offense, and those guys made a mistake, and that is disappointing, unquote. And you look back on that. Fangio wasn't going to reveal everything in that moment, but clearly Vic Fangio knew exactly what had happened, yep. what caused yep. the Broncos to have to play the game without the QBs, and certainly his, his disappointment understandable and palpable in those guys for putting the entire team in a disadvantageous position. And Mace, I heard behind the scenes too that Vic was irate, furious, and that's fair. Now, I get why John Elway is trying to, you know, uh, he's taking Mm -hmm. the disappointed in the league route for not changing it. I get that, to have someone in your organization be trying to do that outwardly to the NFL. And a safety thing too. I mean, my argument for postponing the game was in part a safety thing. Like, should you have really thrown a quarterback out there who had like 24 hours basically right. to prepare and had just been on the practice squad? Was that right for Kendall Hill? Was that right for anybody out there to, to be in that in that scenario? But the league. I think did feel like they had to make an example of the Denver Broncos. Well, Mace, his his teammate Kendall Hinton's teammates, the quarterback position, let him down. It completely let him down. They were the ones to put him out there. They they were the ones to to put the Broncos in a terrible spot in a game that could have changed the Broncos' season. I mean, crazy enough. Now a lot of things would have had to follow for 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 the Broncos' season to end differently. But they were going up against Taysom Hill. They had a chance to win that game. The Saints' offense was not good in that game. Defense played well. Yes, the defense. For most did of that well. game until finally, you know, you you can only you can only hold up for so long before you break. Yep. And the defense that day held up for basically three quarters, keeping the team in that game before it finally, you know, before you stretch the rubber band so far, inevitably it's going to snap. And it finally happened. But the D did its job. I mean, I'll never forget the sight of Bradley Chubb after the game, yep. giving, you know, put, t- putting his arm around Kendall Hinton as they're walking off the field. I mean, you know, and guy, other guys following suit. I mean, they were so proud of him. Yep. But it never should have come down to that. That the, the Kendall Hinton story never should have happened no. if if somebody in that quarterback room, I don't care who it was, somebody should have been an adult in the room and said, "Guys, this is the wrong thing." Yep. Guys, there are cameras all around if we try just to stop get away that with- just no no cameras yes. even yeah. just it, it's well, not what char- we're supposed to do character is doing the right thing when no one's watching right slavin's code of conduct shout out yes 
elementary school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they did the wrong thing here. Yes. Yeah. And, and Mace, it wasn't just a mistake. They were trying to fool the system, and and that's the biggest thing for me. So cover up's always what gets you, right? Ask and, Nixon. And now it was both. I mean, now it was both. They they were both pretty bad here. Uh, and so Mace, that brings us into the conversation of how much did that impact what the Broncos did or tried to do in the offseason in terms of acquiring quarterbacks, and also how much did that impact in, in the decision to bring Teddy Bridgewater in, and how much did that impact? The Broncos' decision to start Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke. Mm. I think it would be naive to assume that it didn't have an impact on any of those things. Especially when, let's start with January. What's the big, the first big thing George Payton tries to do when he gets the job? Matthew Stafford. Tries to trade for Matthew Stafford. What do they spend most of the next two and a half months doing? Try to... Try to, they're going through all the quarterbacks they might be able to draft, doing, going to pro days, doing their due diligence. You know, what is uh, happening on draft night, according to various reports? Back channels are being worked to see, can we get Aaron Rodgers aboard right now? Yep. And during None that, of these things are yep. signs of a team that is happy with its incumbent young quarterback. Yep. And a, a quarterback, Mace, that, that finished pretty well last year. Mm-hmm. It, statistically... Seven touchdowns, three interceptions. So there was a case for people that wanted Mm -hmm. Drew to work out to say, you got to go with this guy. Why would you give up on this guy? And uh, then it comes down to the decision between Teddy and Drew because I think you make great points about leading up till that. And don't forget with Teddy, you're talking about, okay, they're an issue with the leadership and decision-making of the incumbent quarterback. Well, Well, what does Teddy Bridgewater possess? Leadership. Leadership attributes, uh, generally a steady decision maker. And, of course, George Payton was a part of drafting him back in 2014, Minnesota. Yep. And then if you're Vic Fangio, this is the thing I come back to. You know, people say, oh, forgive, you know, move on. But it's also kind of a, a thing that's, that, that gets in your head. It's like the mouse with the piece of cheese. If you get shocked, <laughs> the mouse isn't going to reach for it again. Well, you're Vic Fangio. You're coaching for your job, for your job, for your future as a head coach. If it doesn't work out this year, you're probably a defensive coordinator for the rest of your football life. Yep. Can you trust that to somebody who let you down, let the team down in such an egregious way? One of and again, all four people, all four of them in the room let the team down. Yep. But none of them spoke up. And then as Lindsey Jones reported, to lie to the league about it, to lie to the team about it. Can you, can you trust that guy to be the one who's guiding you into a make-or-break season? Honestly, if I were Vic, I don't think I could trust him. Also, Mace, doesn't a quarterback pretty much have to be a captain? And we're going to get into the captain talk in the next segment, yes. but a quarterback has to be the captain and Case Keenum was a captain, right? Trevor Simeon, your guy was a captain in 2017. Well, he was, he was a leader, man. Well, he was, but Trev. he was the quarterback. He was QB one <laughs> at that moment. And and that's what I'm saying. Uh, that's that's what uh, a leader, a quarterback, has to be a captain yeah. and has to be a leader. And Mesa just brings me back to just a weird decision that the Broncos, not a weird decision, but a weird way of selling that Teddy Bridgewater was the starting quarterback of the Denver Broncos 
shows. Two, two weeks ago, it was just weird. It felt weird. Vic got up and didn't really have any specifics to point at. The closest we got to finding out why they went with Teddy over Drew was something that Drew said Vic told him, and that was experience. And we've seen it in the huddle when Teddy's doing the experience and he's reading the plays and telling each player exactly what they need to do. That's something that Drew hasn't done yet. That's something that the players said really helped in meeting rooms, just doing these extra things. After practice, I saw it firsthand and then players talked about it too. They said, Teddy, after practice, he not only stays and throws passes with us, but he'll go up to the wide receivers and work with them one-on-one to say, here, when I throw a jump ball, have your hands this way instead of this way. Uh, and, And I saw him do that. But then experience also is with leadership and is with doing things uh, in the film room when it's just you or you and just your teammates. It's doing those things the right way. And I do think that this is something that played into Vic Fangio's decision was not not a huge thing. He wasn't sitting there and, and saying this is the final straw, but this was something where he thought, who can I trust to, to, to be the quarterback of my team? You can't separate yourself from that probably. Something like that is probably – is in your consciousness. It's something you can't necessarily turn off. And the other thing, I guess if you're going to be positive here, for Drew Locke, it is this. You talk about Teddy Bracewater staying after. Well, now you see Drew, Drew Locke staying with Teddy Bracewater yep. after practice. You see them just kind of you know, throwing, working with receivers, you know, t- talking, kind of interacting. Drew Locke's chance of being a viable NFL quarterback, whether it's here or somebody or somewhere else, rests on him watching Teddy Bridgewater, learning from Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Because, and and again, and this is where you go back to last year, and there's a lot of people who are culpable. Vic Fangio is partially culpable because he, did, because he didn't have a, a quarterback separate from the room. Like we said on this podcast that summer that he should have had. Mm-hmm. He didn't have that. Um John Elway's culpable for when he looks for a backup quarterback instead of going with like an experienced guy like a Tyrod Taylor, for example, goes with Jeff Driscoll. If it were Tyrod Taylor, I guarantee you that incident wouldn't have happened. If it's Teddy Bracewater, I guarantee you that incident wouldn't have happened. But Teddy was going to go somewhere to start. He, well, you weren't going to get him as a backup, so he wasn't available in the spring of 2020. So... There's a lot of blame to go around. Ultimately, it comes down to the quarterbacks in that room. But there's a lot of blame to go around here, things that could have prevented what was, in many ways, the most embarrassing game in Broncos history. Yeah, extremely embarrassing. And Mace, it ultimately does boil down to uh, who was supposed to be the leader of that room. Blake Bortle is older. Jeff Driscoll is older. But they weren't the starters. So that's why a lot of people are very frustrated with Drew and uh, and just about the cover up as well. I th- I think the crime and cover up were both were both really bad here. Um, it's good that this is behind us, Mace. Uh, and I I do think that moving forward, Drew probably learned a lot from that, which is really good. And uh, he's not a captain though this year because he's not the starting quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is the captain though and before we get to that conversation mace i want to get to our draft king sportsbook pick of the week and i'll go first here mace because looking through the nfl schedule there's so many question marks with so many rookie quarterbacks going in and there's one team that one game i should say that really stands out to me and it is seattle going into indianapolis and boy do i 
like the potential of the Indianapolis Colts this year and what they can be if Carson Wentz turns it around from last year and plays well and they get Quentin Nelson back and everyone's healthy and happy and and chugging along. But the Indianapolis COVIDs? In week one, yeah, they have everything working against them. Like you said, lots of guys going on and off the COVID list. Um, all, Quentin Nelson, their best player uh, up in the air. You have Carson Wentz, who up in the air, he's had surgery that was supposed to keep him out for this game. It seems like he's going to be able to play. Then he was on and off the COVID list. Things are just falling apart in week one for them. And then you have the Seattle Seahawks, who have a very good quarterback. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites going into Indianapolis. I think they'll win by at least a field goal. I think they'll win probably by 10 points as well. So if you've got some other lines on that, I would take the Seahawks, even though it's going to Indianapolis. And the Seahawks have some issues of their own. But uh, you imagine that Russell Wilson – and DK Metcalf are going to force the Colts to absorb some shots, whether they want yep. to or not. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I'm going with my usual pick here: <laughs> Braves facing the Washington Nationals tonight. Paolo Espino on the hill for the Nationals. The over/under on strikeouts in this game for Espino is a relatively modest three and a half. Mm. So, take the over right there, even though the Braves probably are looking for looking to have a pretty good chance of winning this game against a Nationals team that's kind of all over the place they're they're falling behind nine nothing they're coming back they're having big innings they're giving up huge innings so i'm still taking the braves uh, to have the, the the over on the strikeouts against espino just because they're going to be swinging for the fences here as they try to preserve their one and a half game lead in the nl East. well that's classic mace yeah. right there i love it and i love that i can bet on the nfl and give you these DraftKings pick of the weeks uh on football for the next 22 or so weeks i love it and there's no better place to get in on all of the action beyond just these games, but they DraftKings has everything. But guys, one thing you have to get in on over at DraftKings Sportsbook is they've made the line for the opening game. They've made it Tampa Bay plus 73 for all customers, not just new customers. So get in on DraftKings. Pick the the Tampa Bay Bucks to keep the game within 73 points. So you will win money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points or more. And Mace, has that ever happened in their history? No, no. They, they've had some bad losses. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but not like but not that. Se- not by seventy-four points, and not as defending Super Bowl champs either. No, I mean I remember uh, nineteen eighty-five. They lost sixty-two to twenty-eight. Well, that's bad, Jets. but not nearly as bad as what 74 would be. Hey, they still put up 28 <laughs> points in that game, right? Exactly, I mean, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's as, as much of a lock as you can possibly get. And, of course, all new users get $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 or more on any football game. So you got to get in on DraftKings Sportsbook now. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get those offers, specifically betting $1 to win $200 free dollar or free bets instantly you can use them on the the games coming up this weekend uh or even on mace's bet today as well so make sure to go there and use the code dnvr the official gaming partner of the nf or sports betting partner of the nfl must be 21 or older colorado only free bet promotion for new customers only minimum five dollar deposit wager limits apply one per customer restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 also you want to get in on things over at ball let's say are you 
looking for a new job? Are you out of work? Are you just looking for a career change? Well, check out our friends over at Ball, and that's Ball as in Ball Arena, as in the aerospace technology company, as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. Got one right there, Mace. Exactly. Got two, I should say. Yeah, right here. (laughs) Cheers to you with with my ball. Speaking of uh, Tampa Bay champions, you got the uh, Lightning koozie on it. And I got the Tampa Bay uh, Super Bowl host that our friend Ron in Capitol Hill, uh, he gave me that koozie. Love it. From his trip down (laughs) to uh, the Super Bowl. So appreciate that. But uh, uh, tell you a little more about ball. They need... production technicians they've got other roles they've got floor manufacturing roles for work at their plant right here in the denver area in golden and they have these positions available because they need to make more cans like the ones i'm using right here in 2020 ball made over 101 billion cans that's billion with a B, and they're adding line capacity, their 400-person plant in Golden. The demand for sustainable aluminum beverage cans is greater than ever, and more than that, if you've consumed a beverage in a can, it's been from a ball can, like right here. And aluminum is highly sustainable. 75% of all aluminum ever produced on the face of the earth is still in use, and that's why it's great to drink out of aluminum cans and then make sure you recycle them. So here's how you can get involved in Work at Ball. Check out hashtag Work at Ball online, and to apply for a position at their aluminum can plant in Golden, text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or text GOLDEN to 77222. Two, two, two. Be unstoppable at ball. All right, Mace. And before we get into this conversation, we have something awesome going down at the DNVR bar this weekend. We've got a party bus going from the bar down to Empower Field for the CU Buffs game where they face Texas A&M. The game is going to be awesome. It is so cool to have an SEC team, not just in Colorado, but at Empower Field. It's going to be a wild atmosphere. And we will bust you from the bar there and back. So you're looking for a good time before the game? Boom. Bar's the best place to be. Then you're looking to go to the game? Of course, you're going to go to the game. And then you're looking for a good time after? Or if it goes rough, well, you're going to need to uh, be around people that love you and and maybe some delicious drinks as well. So come back here on the party bus. Guys, it's going to be a party. Bar opens at 10. Buses leave at 11. And of course, become a member with us at at DNVR where you'll get the member-sized beers that you can drink starting at 10 a.m. along with so many other perks. Let me ask you this. How would your Crimson Tide do against the Texas A&M Aggies. What would the spread be on that game? Oh, man. It would be uh, Buffs right now are 17-point underdogs to A&M. I would say almost flip it. So, so what uh, you're saying is the Buffs be a 35-point underdog to Alabama. But against A&M, they got a shot. Uh, the Buffs against A&M? Yes. No, not, not, not unfortunately. Even, well, compared to having a shot against <laughs> right, Alabama. Yeah, yeah. If the Buffs went out there against Alabama, I mean, it'd be like lambs being led to the slaughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, CSU played Alabama a couple of years ago, and actually they, they kept it fairly respectable. And then after halftime, yeah, the, uh, the Tide showed them what's up. The, t- the Tide rolled over. <laughs> yes, the they did. Real uh, quick on the party bus, we've yeah. only got 56 tickets Ooh. available for that. So if you want to get in, get in now before they sell out. Yes, and guys, it's going to be so much fun. You got yeah. to. And uh, yeah, Roll Tide. I mean, they're playing Mercer this week, so 
Uh, there's not. I, Why? I have. I haven't even uh, seen a line. That's Are they going to show yet. mercy on Mercer? I hope. No, probably not. Maybe in maybe in the fourth quarter. Man, and they'll still be rolling. You know what? I mean, Mercer as a school has a big upset on its ledger. Yep. It was in men's yep. basketball when the Bears beat Duke several years ago. Two two fifteen, right? Yeah, it was the, a two fifteen match. Either two fifteen or a three fourteen. One okay. of the two. Um, think that i want to say i know i want to say it might i think duke lehigh was a 215 and that might be in the 314 okay either way it was okay. a huge upset yep. Yep. huge upset al beating out actually not even yep. beating alabama if they come within 20 <laughs> points of alabama it is 20 billion times the upset yep. of beating duke in basketball yep it would be it would be and that's why it's just not going to happen so yes. don't do that mercer don't do that this weekend but there's seriously no line on bama mercer uh-uh i looked this morning no line because you wanted to place it because i would take the I, I would take alabama whatever it is alabama by 70 <laughs> yeah probably oh. it's gonna be like a 73 to zero game or something oh maybe God. that's where you wouldn't want to bet on the line if it was 73 maybe this as if is, it was alabama mercer maybe this is why they should have a running clock and and uh not stop the clock on first downs in college football <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> all right mace let's get to our other topic that we want to get into today we have captains finally For the first time in the vic fangio era the Broncos have season-long captains. And you know what? I think Vic was pretty real when he said why he made this change. He said, just to try something new. I mean, and I like it. It hasn't worked. But it reminded me back to 2019, I remember, when instead of having season-long captains, you remember when Vic was telling us about the leadership council yeah, that he, he said, had? And he said leaders would emerge, he that, they would, that they would just kind of come naturally. Yeah, They didn't want to proclaim guys as leaders by a team vote or a coach vote. They just wanted, wanted everyone to be empowered to lead. Well, you know what? That doesn't happen. No, that doesn't That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah. and, and, hey, I commend Vic yeah. for trying something yeah. different. Maybe this is the year to uh, do the George Costanza and do the opposite of your instincts. Yeah. You know, if, if every instinct you have is wrong, the opposite must be right. <laughs> oh, right. And, and, and so that's why I like Vic doing it. You know, and, and I remember the quote about his leadership council. He was like, yeah, I talked to the leadership council like three or four weeks back, uh, and it was good. We're like, a lot of good the leadership council did when you had guys putting contact tracers mm, in the corners of the meeting room. Exactly. Anyway. So I like that they have captains, and of course the captains are Teddy Bridgewater, Cortland Sutton, Von Miller, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and Brandon McManus. Did they get them right, Mace? Let's start with the guys that are actually the returning captains in a way because they haven't had season-long captains since 2018. There are two of them, of course, Von Miller and Brandon McManus. Yep. They were season-long captains in 18. They were season-long captains in 17. Yep. Von's longest-tenured player in the year in, in, in the team. Easy. Easy. That's an easy choice. And Mc also, and I, McManus is the second longest tenured player on the Broncos. That, yep. too, is an easy choice. And on special teams, you were going to have no one else. No, exactly. I mean, Tom McMahon said a couple weeks ago that leaders haven't emerged yet among the units. So you default <laughs> to the <laughs> kicker who's been around for the now going into his eighth season with the team. That's easy. So then really quick, I have to ask on a similar note, yeah. is it? bad or does it say something about the other leaders if they're also defaulting i'll put that in air quotes to von miller 
especially instead of Bradley Chubb, because I think there's a few guys that you kind of raise your eyebrows about, oh, he's not on this list. And I think Bradley Chubb's one of them. Yeah, but you also have to kind of wonder, you know, there's the stuff going on with Chubb and Garrett Bowles, that back back and forth. And we're going to, we can get into Bowles in a minute here because you have one really highly paid player on your team in Justin Simmons, who's a captain, and another Garrett Bowles, who isn't a captain. Yep. And so I think uh, some of that matters as well. And, and Vaughn, look, there aren't many guys on this team who have skins on the wall in the parlance of John Fox. Vaughn Miller's got skins on the wall. Mm-hmm. So got even though... He, that ring, too. Yeah, even though his leadership style may not... It's not DeMarcus Ware, okay? DeMarcus Ware was basically the Peyton Manning of defense at right. that time. Right. That's not who Vaughn Miller is. It's nope. not it's not the way he's Then you wired. shouldn't expect him to be that right. way. But I think also with Vaughn being a captain, there are two other defensive captains and you've got kind of fire and ice. Cream Jackson and Justin Simmons. Mm. Justin Simmons, no surprise. No, not he's at all. He's paid like a captain. He's emerged as a quiet leader. I think he probably earned this as much off the field as on the field. You think back to his role in helping organize, being one of the people who organized the Broncos, having the uh, Black Lives Matter yep. rally and back in June of Another guy who did that? Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson, yep. yes. And Kareem, like, Kareem Jackson is the vocal leader. He's mm-hmm. the more fire, he, he's the more fiery of the two. Yep. And he's also the oldest player on the team. Yep. Kind of hard to believe, but yeah. Kareem Jack, K-Jack is the oldest guy crazy. on the roster. With Von Miller just right behind him, right? Right. K-Jack is in his 12th season, 33 yep. years old. Yeah, that so. is that that is wild. Yeah, and that's why he has a one-year deal. <laughs> right, exactly. Because he's, he's 33 years old. E- exactly. So, Mace, you, you brought up a very interesting question last night. You said, uh, you, you said, does this, do these captains maybe symbol potential future moves? And because there are a good couple of people to look at with this question. Yeah, and you know what? Let's start with Cortland Sutton who's coming off of the injury, we all know this. George Payton has spoken Loves quite fonding, fondly Loves and lovingly him. of Cortland Sutton. George Payton's child or son loves Cortland Sutton. And you can kind of see that there's, there's a little bit of, of set up here. Now, that being said, there was a team vote. And clearly, I think the team vote was influenced by Cortland's diligence in his rehab. Mm-hmm. Same with Vaughn, too. Yes. That could be part of that it. That could be part of it as well. But Cortland Sutton, and he, I asked him yesterday about his leadership style because he's, he's not really what we call a vocal leader. No. Right? And he's talked to, he got, he kind of, you could tell he was thinking about, you know, sometimes you can tell a guy's thinking about it as they're responding, but he kind of settled on how he leads by example. Cortland in his rehab was leading by example mm-hmm. over the last year. And I, th- and I think guys see that. They see what he's done to get back to this point. He's got that huge brace on his knee. It's not going to go away for the year. And I think there's a lot of respect for him, but certainly him being a captain kind of shows you know, what his teammates think of him, what the coaches think of him, and probably – maybe does say a little bit about the long-term plans for Cortland Sutton as well. Yeah, it's a good point, Mace. And Vic said that captains were were decided by a team vote. 
last time the Broncos did that? I know there was a lot of skepticism, at least around here, just about, was it actually a team vote that decided this? But today, I think this truly was decided by a team vote because Mm -hmm. I I don't think the organization uh, and the leadership would have made Kareem Jackson necessarily a, a team captain just because... Mace, it really seems like the writing's on the wall. All right, Kareem, one last dance. You know, you, mm-hmm. you got your last dance this season. That's just how it feels right now. But inside the locker room, there's no question Kareem yeah. is loved, uh, feared on the football field. And also, he's a vocal guy. It's a, it's a guy that people look up to. So I have no doubt that in that this decision truly was internal which or, or by, by the, the teammates, which makes me think maybe there's not that much emphasis on the future with these because boy if that was the case mace wouldn't you think that maybe not they would have gone chubb instead of vaughn but chubb would have been on there maybe and that's a good that's a really good point of course chubb he too even though he has the fifth year option coming up for 2022 there's there's not a long-term commitment there yet for bradley chubb mm-hmm. no there's not so so I think, yeah, I th- it prob- in that case, I think it probably do- maybe doesn't say much about the long-term view of it. Because with Kareem Jackson, clearly they would like one of these two fifth-round picks from this year to become yep. the safety next year, Caden Stearns or Jamar Johnson. That being said, let's say we're living in a universe where Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback next year. Would you put it past Kareem Jackson nope. to take a low offer and come back to be a safety next to Justin Simmons? He did it this a, year. Yeah, on a team, <laughs> he did it this year on a team that had a quarterback question. Yeah. Kareem Jackson is exactly kind of the 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 prototype of the guy who probably would take a really low contract to stay with the team as a veteran if. Aaron Rodgers walked through that door. Yep, without a doubt. And I think we may be talking Von Miller is in that category as well. There's probably a lot of guys we'd be talking about in that category. And Mace, my final thing about these captains is it is very clear that Teddy Bridgewater is a leader. We talked about it. Quarterback kind of has to get this. But just the way people talk about him, look, he may not be the long-term quarterback for the Broncos here, but right now this team has bought into him being their leader right now. Look, he, he does goofy things like jumping up and down in the huddle, and guys love it. Publicly, Garrett Bowles has said he, he, he loves it. And privately, guys are very fond of just the way that Teddy Bridgewater leads. It's not overbearing, but you know where he is, and you know exactly what to expect from him when he expects out of you. And one of the words that Takes Vic Takes the guys Fangio, out for dinner every week. Exactly. The offensive lineman. Brilliant. Uh, One of the words Vic Fangio used, he said guys gravitate toward him. And I think that is why he's a leader. Yeah. And there isn't anybody that you've, that I've found in the NFL is a bad word to say about Teddy Bridgewater. Certainly not. That I think has something to do with it as well. And gravitate is a, is a good way of describing it. He's, he's one of those people who just is above clicks. Mm -hmm. Like every, he, you know, he, he doesn't, you know, fall into just socializing with a, a certain group of people. Everyone gets along with him. Yep. And you see the, the, the bouncing in the huddle. I mean, you know, some may think that's kind of corny, but you know, <laughs> part of it is also Teddy has an exceptional ability to read the room and he has an exceptional level of emotional intelligence. So reading the room in this case means reading the huddle. Okay, right. the energy's a little bit down today. We're str- in practice. We're struggling. Things aren't quite going. Come on, let's let's bounce it a bit. Yep. Let's get let's get hype. Let's yep. you know if let's the, get hype. I'm down. Let's if go. The en- if the ener- if the energy isn't there, 
Let's do something to try to generate that energy. Yep. What can we do? It's, yeah. a, it's a little thing, but in terms of the equation of bringing leadership into the attributes of what you're looking for from a quarterback, it's a huge thing. Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, Vic Fangio was very happy that he was named uh, a team captain as well for that leadership and experience, and it really ties in well with the first the first topic or the first segment that we talked about, Mesa, mm-hmm. and, and tying that all back together. And we're going to stay live for the comments. And, Mace, let's dive in. But before we do, got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're part of our DNVR family, so make them part of your family. you got to get your teeth cleaned twice a year anyways might as well go to the best damn family owned dentist in the metro area at green mountain dental they're only a 15 minute drive from downtown denver and mace they treat you like family you can talk colorado sports and just like a good family member they'll give you a gift if you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam they'll hook you up with a free sonicare toothbrush that's all you have to do i use sonicare tooth on, mm. on my chompers <laughs> Me too. Do you yeah, like it? Well, it. go and get a free Sonicare toothbrush <laughs> by scheduling that cleaning x-ray and exam over at Green Mountain Dental. Also want to tell you about Mint Mobile. After years of Ooh. fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we learn anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when hearing that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month, you thought, hey, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and taking advantage of their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out the retail brick-and-mortar stores, there's no crazy overhead costs to get passed on down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint Mobile will pass on sweet savings direct to you. And for people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile will offer premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with a limited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with a Mint Mobile plan, and then you keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. You just put in the SIM card, you're good to go. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. So switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. And to get your new wireless plan, for 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash DNVR. That's mint, M-I-N-T, mobile.com slash DNVR and cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash DNVR. And Mace, speaking of the best, our friends over at Hassle Cata Company give the best damn wagyu that you can find. It's a blue collar wagyu because it's every it, it's of the wagyu that every person can afford. And if you use code DNVR10, you will be able to afford it even more because it'll be 10% off and every order over $200 gets you free shipping. And to show you that we truly love Hassle, we brought it into the bar. It is the official beef of DNVR. And not only can you get the delicious burgers over at the DNVR bar, but on top of that, you can get so many other things over at HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. You can get Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon wagyu frank with without any fillers of course and two types of jerky so make sure to check them out over at hasslecattlecompany.com that's h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com use that code dnvr10 for 10 percent off and free shipping over 200 dollars. got a little breaking news here coming from zach berman of the Ooh. athletic zach berman and that's z-a-c-h by the way zach uh is the uh, eagles beat writer for the athletic who reports that mac mccain broncos uh practice squad cornerback undrafted rookie has been signed to the Eagles a- active roster 
being plucked off the Broncos practice squad. Mac McCain, no longer a Bronco, now a Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, and that's good good for Mac. Uh, honestly, the Broncos lose out a little bit, but mm-hmm. with what the Broncos are going to be getting back in a saying Bassey uh, and Michael O.J. Mudia, Mace. Duke Dawson, too, hopefully. Yeah, He's on they, the pup list. They didn't really need Mac McCain, so this isn't the worst guy to pluck off the practice squad. Although, Mac had, did what was impressive. Yeah, they had high hopes for him, and and you know we saw what happened with his saying Bassey last year, so you can't... Uh, you can't close your eyes on uh, cornerbacks uh, that are undrafted rookies who come from out of the triad of, of North Carolina, of course, North Carolina A&T, where Mac McCain went to is in Greensboro. It's saying Bassey went to Wake Forest just down the road in Winston-Salem. So, hey, they seem to have a pretty good pipeline coming out of the triad, of the Piedmont triad of North Carolina, but uh, good for Mac McCain. Happy for him to get the shot, and uh, hopefully all will go well for him in Philadelphia, and we'll see him at Empower Field in November. Exactly. That, that, I'd like that, Mason. Let's get into the comment section. By the and, way, do we have any super chats today, Kale? Are we good? Nope. Okay. And here is how to leave a comment if you're not able to get in on the super chats. Go to thednvr.com. At the top of the screen, you'll find a podcast tab. Click on that, then click on Broncos Podcast. The first one that pops up, Click on that. That's our most recent pod. Scroll to the bottom, and if you're a member, a comment section will magically appear. That's where you leave your comments, and that's what we will read on the next day's pod. And we're going to do it live for you today. And Mace, let's jump in. First one coming in from Omaha. He says, hey, fellas, random question. Do y'all prefer Fox or CBS for NFL coverage? I'm Team Fox all the way. The Broncos are on Fox a whopping six times this year. That's going to be most of them, or, or that's got to be the most for, that they've had on that network maybe ever. Needless to say, I'm pumped. That's a good question. Um, because, if anyone knows, it's you, Mace. Well, I think a lot of times you prefer the network that you're used to. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of go back, this is going in the way back machine. When I grew up, the NFC was on CBS and the AFC was on NBC. And the way a lot of old school Bronco fans think of Dick Emberg, Merlin Olson, Charlie Jones, um, Don Cricky and Bob Trumpy, uh, the guys that called the games back then. Well, I kind of have the same memories of announcers on CBS calling NFC games. Like, you know, I've got to, you know, I, I think back to you know, Jack Buck and Hank Stram, of course, Pat Summerall and John Madden on the rare occasions they did Bucks games. And, you know, Dick, Dick Stockton was at the call working with a lot of guys back then. So I think it kind of depends on your own perspective. And Mace, I do yeah. think the biggest thing, like you said, yeah. is what you grew up on. Right. So I'm curious if if Omaha maybe grew up in Omaha or East Coast, it would make sense going yeah. with the NFC. For right. me, being here in Denver, you, you grew up on CBS. And so I mm. way prefer CBS. I prefer CBS's game coverage. I believe they have a they have a deeper roster of announcers, play-by-play in, in particular, although... um. It's really cool that Fox is bringing back Gus Johnson to do some games this year. Yeah, I, I, He does a lot of college games, but I need to find a way to have him do more NFL games because yeah. he does bring a lot of excitement to the call. I think CBS has the better game coverage. I think Fox has the better pregame show. Just, the thing is, it's chemistry, right? Yep. Jimmy Johnson, Howie Long, Terry Bradshaw, those three in particular, and Michael Strahan, those, those guys in particular have a really special chemistry that CBS in its pregame show hasn't been able to match. Yeah, it's, like it, it's the, good the Fox show just kind of it kind of crackles with an energy that CBS doesn't have. Yep. Yeah. No, it's it's very true. However, saying all of that, I do prefer yeah. NBC Monday Night Football more. So, 
Um, I think the one we all don't prefer is uh, ESPN Monday Night Football. Yeah, but oh. we have our own pregame show, so watch the tailgate. It's true. There you go. Exactly. Very, there very go. good there, Kale. I was going to say I haven't watched a uh, non-DNVR tailgate there or, or pregame in a long time. Next one coming in from... Wait, put one more part oh, to that. Oh, yes. He says, also, Mace, Sam Howell is trash and already flushed his Heisman hopes down the drain. Boomer sooner. Love you guys. Peace out. I'll tell you, Spencer Rattler wasn't that much better. I'll tell you it what. It was not a good weekend for... No. For a lot of the quarterbacks. Actually, the one who probably acquitted himself best, although I do want to see him against a more robust defense, was probably Matt Corral last night from Mississippi against Louisville. And he he, he delivered the ball in some tight windows. He was accurate. Now, the key thing for Matt Corral that I want to see from him, you know he's got the arm talent. You know he's got the athleticism. And he's got accuracy as well in the big picture. But last year... One mistake became two, three, four so fast. He had a game with five picks. He had a game with six picks. And it so, and, and, the, and the inability to kind of contain the damage, unfortunately, reminds me a little of Jameis Winston. So this is something he's Ooh. got to improve. And if he can do that, Corral's going to shoot up. That's, that's the big concern right now is that the mistakes multiply with him when they happen. Can he get to the point where he has a bad throw, but that's it? He rebounds, and all is good for Ole Miss. That's what we're waiting to see this year. How about Bryce Young, baby? Oh. Woo! Four touchdowns, 344, and going up not against Mercer. That's that's why he's earning seven figures in NIL already, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty wild, pretty <laughs> wild. Next one coming in from Schweed. Hey, Kings, been meaning to ask this for the past week, but didn't have the time. What do y'all think about the fact the Broncos' defense was having major difficulties covering the Rams' quarterback when he would scramble? Was it a personnel issue, or is it the true weakness of this defense? All I know is that after watching this game, I'm not looking forward to watching Lamar Jackson break ankle break ankles in week four keep up the great work fellas you know i've heard it from so many corners over the years and safeties too that the dual threat quarterback is a problem yep because because he does force you to to you know kind of keep one eye on him when you're in coverage as well and so i do think that's a little bit of a concern and while daniel jones trevor lawrence and zach wilson aren't runners in the way that lamar jackson right. is they are all capable of ripping off a 15 to 20 yard run like that. And you do have to account for the threat. So I think we're going to get an answer on that in the first three weeks. Yeah. And then either you're going to feel a little bit better about their chances against Lamar Jackson, or you're going to be really scared. And that's one of the reasons why the Broncos defense looked a little shaky out there going against the Rams. Their first team unit was because they couldn't contain him. And Mace, I think we're going to get a pretty good idea from Daniel Jones. I think people really overlook his athletic abilities. He he can move. Now, he will take off. That's will. probably the thing I'm most scared about, about Daniel Jones, because I'm not that worried he's just going to be dicing up the Broncos secondary. I'm more worried about his scrambling abilities and mace if they have an issue the first three weeks oh boy week four against lamar jackson is going to be very tough so i think that's a great observation you had sweet that is bronc oilers a while ago i made a comment about teddy ceiling being kansas city alex smith and it was kind of balked at but after doing more research and thinking about it about it I'm doubling Let's down. Let's go. Prior to Harbaugh joining San Francisco, Smith had 50 starts. Teddy has 49 now. If you compare the two, 
Record, Smith 19-31, Teddy 26-23. Completion percentage, Smith 57%, Bridgewater 67%. Touchdown interception, Smith 51-53, Bridgewater 53-36. Yards, Smith 93-99, Bridgewater 11,385. Passer rating, Smith 72.2, Bridgewater 89.6. Is it really that big a reach? I think there's a lot of Alex and Teddy from their play style, physical attributes, leadership, and intelligence, and if these numbers are any indication, I don't see any reason why Teddy can't be for us what Alex Smith was from 2011 onwards with Harbaugh's 49ers and the Chiefs. You know, there's probably only one reason why he couldn't be that conceivably, and that is if you believe that Pat Shermer isn't on the level of Jim Harbaugh, and then, and then, certain. Look, I'm not even going to say that Shermer's on the level of Andy Reid as a play caller, but can he be at a level that matches what was there in San Francisco? Was Jim with Jim Harbaugh as the head coach? Maybe. I mean, one thing that kind of goes under the radar with Pat Shermer is that a lot of quarterbacks have done far better with him than their career norms. Sam Bradford did, Case Keenum did, even Daniel Jones was much more efficient in his rookie season than his second year with Jason Garrett and Joe Judge. You know what? I love it, Bronco Euler, and you make a very convincing argument. However, the one thing that that my brain just can't get past is, Mace, it, it reminds me of people saying, Drew Locke, jo- Josh Allen. Josh Allen did it. Why That's can't true. Drew Locke? Well, Josh Allen did do it, and props to him. It's just something that doesn't happen that often. And then speaking of things that don't and Al- happen. And also, Alex Smith has more arm talent than Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Well, and, Better arm. And yeah. May, speaking of things that don't happen, all the props in the world to Alex Smith for after five years being able to turn uh, turn his career around, you never see that. So can Teddy... Teddy's career is in a better place than Alex Smith's was, but can he take that massive jump like Alex Smith did? He can, but you mm-hmm. just don't see it that often, and I just can't get past the Josh Allen, Drew Locke comps, and everyone just saying, Josh Allen did it, so Drew's going to do it. Well, Josh Allen showed it was possible, not that it's probable. And remember, the 49ers, when Jim Harbaugh got hired, who did they draft in the second round that year? Ah, I got to replace him. Yes, Colin Kaepernick out of <laughs> yeah. Nevada. And then a year later, Kaepernick stepped in with Alex Smith got hurt, and that's how Alex Smith became a Kansas City Chief because with Cap, they went all the way to the Super Bowl. Yep, <laughs> just incredible. Uh, Kale, I noticed we had a super chat come in. Can we pull that up right here? Here we go. He's pulling that up right like now, and boom, there it is. Coming in from uh, Anamani. He yeah. says, uh, does Sean Moore ever attend Broncos events? I have not heard, and we're talking about Sean Moore, I believe, the quarterback who platooned with Tommy Maddox back in 1992 out of the University of Virginia. I have not heard of Sean Moore being at anything Broncos related in my time covering the team. That is a very random question, but thank you for the super chat. Love hearing yeah. from you, Animani. Now, I mean, I'm thinking like, where where is Sean Moore today? Oh oh here Again, he is. If you don't know, I don't know. Okay, I just looked him up. He is the associate director of development for the University of Virginia Athletic Department. Oh, how about that? So he's Very back cool. at back at his alma mater, and he was a great quarterback at UVA. Mm. Actually, had them number one for one glorious week back in 1990, and they lost to Georgia Tech 41 to 38. Absolute cracker Oof. of a game. 
And actually, funny little story, someone burned part of the AstroTurf field the night before the game. Wow. And they had to find some turf. And so if you look at the <laughs> if the videos out there on YouTube, you have to look at the turf in that game. And they had to just like, I think they got it from like the lacrosse field or something. And they put it out there. But just, it's, an, it's a great game. But yeah, for one brief week, sounds crazy that Virginia was number one in the country. For one week, they were. Yeah. Sean Moore was their quarterback, throwing to Herman Moore. About the that. Great wide receiver became a first round pick, and then they had a pretty good running back named Terry Kirby in the backfield as well. Wow. Anyway, for one week. For one week. One nice. glorious <laughs> week, UVA was number one in the country, and Sean Moore was the quarterback. And I, you know what? And this is just kind of how, when you have these are, this is how you perceive it when you're a kid. Sean Moore tearing up the ACC when I was 13, 14 years old. I thought, man, he's going to be a great. NFL quarterback. But, you know, you're <laughs> yeah. not thinking about other things like. But then you're asked about him in, in comment sections. And speaking of comment sections, guys, let's keep let's keep yeah. it happy. Let let let's keep it fun. Uh, that that's what we're about here, and we like this community to be an inclusive one where everyone can have a fun time. So let's do that in the comment section too. Next one coming in from Loch Ness Monster says, "Hey y'all, longtime listener, rare commenter, but I guess it might be time to change my nickname. I had hope for Loch, but sigh. In any case, can any of you three remember?" Remember the last regular season opening possession touchdown the Broncos had? No looking it up, Mace. He I says, can't. I have nowhere near Mace level of memory retention, nor brain for facts such as these, but I truly can't pull the last time out of my head. As the Titanic meme goes, it's been 84 years. Keep on being awesome. I ride or die with DNVR. We ride or die with you, Loch Ness Monster. Thank you so much. I mean, wouldn't it be, you'd think maybe 2013, right? Oh boy, with Peyton, why not 2014? That could Pey- be. It. Peyton started really okay, good then. Okay, let's see. 20 We know they didn't open with a touchdown last year, right? Sure. And they ain't open with a touchdown in 2019. 2018, Case Keenum did throw three touchdowns that game. Also three picks. Yep. Let's look that up here. Broncos Seahawks. Yes, we are going to look the, look this up here. You know what, Mace? I will read the next question when you, you continue read, to look that up. You read the next question. Melvin Bronco comes in and says, Hi, guys. Game ball prediction for week one. I love this. Melvin Gordon, over 100 yards and I a like touchdown. It. I love that. And I know our guy, Ryan Koningsberg, who's chiming in, likes that as well. Hi, friends. Hi, Ryan. We're missing you. Get back to us. Mace, you have the answer yet? Uh, well, it wasn't 2018. Okay, not 2018. We'll read opened, another question then. Opened with a punt that year. Uh, 20. I don't. I. I. From memory, I know it wasn't uh, 2016 against Carolina. I don't think they scored until the second quarter of that game. Yeah, that's right. Because the first touchdown of that year was Jano. Yes, it Love was Jano. 2015 definitely wasn't that. that. That uh, defensive game. So you said 2014, right? That was my guess. Against the Indianapolis Colts here. Yep. Andrew Luck against Peyton Manning. Uh, Broncos opening score was a field goal. Oh, no. So go back to it. It has to be 2013, Mace. I mean, Peyton started with seven touchdowns. Yeah. And uh, let's see here. You know it started on the first drive. No, it didn't. No way. No. Wow. Oh, my gosh. The Broncos... Oh, they they opened with a punt. Wow. Peyton was incomplete on third down on the Broncos' first drive. Wow. Peyton oh. was bad that day. So 2012, we're back to that Sunday night opener against the if Pittsburgh it's, Steelers. If it's not 2012, it's never. 
couldn't be. The Broncos are scoreless in the first quarter of that oh year. Oh, my god! 2011 against the Raiders uh, on Monday we, we Night can't Football. We can't keep doing this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mace, no, keep... because the Broncos only get a field goal. Okay, you keep doing the research. I'll read more comments here. And Melvin Bronco, I, I like that. I could definitely see Melvin or Javante going off week one. Oh, but Mace, the next one's for you. Can I take it? Uh I'm going to pause my research You're going to pause the, the big-time research. Yes, all right, because I'm back at 2009, and we're not there yet. Yeah, I think it's and we know gonna, it was, if Peyton didn't do it, it's going to be a long time. All right, this is from a diehard Montana Grizzlies fan. I know Henry Hank Chisholm's going to appreciate this. Or Yeah, that's true. We beat the Huskies. Go Grizz and Henry Big Hank, Big Hank Chisholm, for that matter, and Iceman, wherever he may be. <laughs> Love the count. Yes, Montana Iceman. 13 UW, the Washington Huskies, seven, a disaster on the shores of Lake Washington for the Huskies and maybe the, the best night in uh, the last 10 years of Montana Grizzlies football Yeah, there at Husky Stadium. Maybe the best night of football they'll ever have. Well, they, they've, the won some cha- they've won right. national championships right. at, the level, at that level. So I got to go with those. But. Yeah, I was, I was at the bar here with Hank on Saturday night, and he's just glued to his iPad with all this college football surrounding him. I'm thinking, what is he doing? So midway through, I go and say, what are you watching? It's Montana not beating wait, Washington. Not one television had the game. had. I don't think it was on TV. I think it was like. I thought it was on like Pac-12 network. Was it? Should have been. Doesn't the Pac-12 network show everything that another network doesn't pick up? I'm not sure, but what I do know is that we have every CU and CSU game here. Which means we, we have the Pac-12 have, network Pac-12 here. We do have Pac-12 network, yeah. And CBS, yeah. and CBS Sports Network and everything, everything, and stadium and everything else we can find a way to get here on the big screens at the DNVR. We had to order two separate types of cable service yes, right. to get all the channels, but we did that so we can have all the games. Exactly. That's what you have to do because you have to get both DirecTV and Comcast, right? Because you need DirecTV for altitude anyway. And yes. We have every altitude game here. That's why there's DirecTV and Comcast or DirecTV and Dish. I don't yeah. know which one we did. That's why DNVR yeah. is the best. That's yes. why it's the best place to watch sports. All right, Maze, get back to your research if, right, you, wanna, if you want to. You don't have to. We are going to find the answer to this come hell or high water. Mile high altitude. Mile that's a tough one to say. He says, my boys, I'm so excited for NFL football starting this week, and I can't wait for the Broncos to get a win over the Giants. Here's my prediction. I think Saquon has a slow start to the season coming off injury and not being at 100% yet. Kenny Galladay also isn't out 100% right now. With these two not at full capacity, I think the Broncos defense dominates the Giants, and Daniel Jones will have at least two turnovers. I think our offense will potentially struggle a bit against the Giants defense, but Teddy will play it safe and move the ball slowly but surely and score six. 16 to 19 Broncos win. I will never 16, be more nine, I think, right? Oh yeah, 16 to 9 Broncos win. I will never be more excited to watch a boring win in my life and my guess here is his uh prediction with the Broncos only put six, putting up 16 points doesn't have them scoring on the first possession but Mace I feel like you found a winner. I did. First of all, I like where you're thinking although I think the offense is going to be more effective than you suggest. So I'm going with 23-13. Whoa, you don't have, whoa, okay, giving it away. Oh, All well. right. No, I, I gave it away. I already I said it a week and a half ago. Mm, okay, love it, love it. So And I, really, really quick programming note, Mace, we're going to be yeah. doing some game and season previews and predictions mm-hmm. starting tomorrow. So yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a blast these next three days. I already put it on Twitter like a week ago Sunday. So <laughs> Well, fair, there yeah. we go. That's, so, I mean, that's you, why you, I'm just repeating myself. 
2008 is the last time wow. the Broncos opened the season with a touchdown drive. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. And I believe it was to Eddie Royal, if I'm not oh, mistaken. I love it. Is that Monday Night Ball? Monday Night Football, yep. late game against the Raiders. Yeah, yep. 26 yards. Jay Cutler to Eddie Royal in Oakland. First salvo, what, what would become a 41-14 Broncos romp. Of course, it was the first game of Mike Shanahan's last season mm. as Broncos head coach. Mm, yeah. Oh, man. I, I love it, though. Good memories. Mace, let's bust I, through these Sorry last I couldn't few. remember that, but... Yeah, disappointing. I, I can't believe Not it actually. wasn't the the game that the game that Peyton Manning threw seven touchdowns. Yeah, they didn't have one right out. Of the Just blocks. incredible. Next one coming in from Lionel Hutz, attorney Eli says, "Good afternoon, gentlemen. So my optimism is in the air for Week One. A host of new possibilities. A chance to see the Broncos begin on the road to glory. So let's get negative. If this team does have a bad start, one and three or two and four, which players are going to be on the trading block first? I don't mean to be a pessimist, but this team has turned me into one over the last five years. Did you read that uh, ESPN projection piece yesterday? It was sad. Projected the Broncos to start one and four, two and seven, three and eight, but then go four and two in the last six to finish six, seven and ten, which is basically, I think we can all agree. You think of a nightmare scenario. It's that. It's that. It's bad start. Surging at the end because we've seen it. Draft position. We've seen it so many times, and then also, uh, if that streak is with Drew Locke, then you're gonna have more drama if, if he's the guy. If he's not, he might uh, be like at that point. You might start saying, "Is he just kind of the September call up equivalent, like we see in right, baseball, the December yeah. call up?" Yeah, the the guy who does well when all is lost, and you know when when all is lost. I mean, that's that's the thing, and so. That that's a really bad scenario for the Broncos if they it if just, they finish seven and ten. It just makes things late. so murky, Mace, and mm. murky is not where you want right. to be. You, right. you you want a clear path. Okay, we need to blow this thing up. We need to rebuild. We have our guy. We're moving forward. You, not not this murky stuff that they've been doing. Right. So let's say Lionel Hutz's assertion here. They start one and three, two and four. Who's on the trading block first? Well, we talked about this guy earlier. Kareem Jackson yeah. is a guy that could be on there. You look at some veterans with Bryce, some expiring contracts. Bryce, Bryce Callahan, Callahan's a, a Kyle very Fuller. good one. Yep, Kyle Fuller. Yeah, maybe, the Broncos defense. Maybe somebody like Graham Glasgow. Yep. If you've got a Natani Muti waiting in the wings. Is that you want to play this year. Yeah. Anybody who isn't in your plan for 2022 contractually or otherwise – you're fielding calls on yep, yep. if you're George Payton. And Pretty much all on the defense. Yeah, and it would probably send the defense. Would you trade Von Miller? Mm, how much are you getting back for him? Because he is an older guy on an expiring contract. Somebody offered you a second-round pick for Von Miller and the team. Let's say the Broncos. Yeah. Let's, say, let's say you get to the end of October, okay? Let's say they start 1-4. and four. Let's say, hey, they, they beat the Raiders 2-4. and four. Then lose to the Browns, and then lose to Washington at home. They're two and six at the end of October. We should trade yep. Von Miller for a two. Yep. Didn't he have to wait for you to finish? I would yeah. too. Yep. 
Wow. I hate saying it, but I will. Man, I hope we're not in that position. Please, we, we need a good season uh, Two more comments. First one coming in from Bronco on SF. He says, what do you think about the news of the quarterback room and COVID suspension last year? I used to be pissed at the league for the disrespect for Vic for throwing his guys under the bus, but now I get it. Such a stupid thing to do. Don't mean to rehash the past, but I think this all sheds light on why Vic has seemed to really not want to go with Locke. Based on his play and moments like this, it's easy to see why a head coach would not want to place his job in Drew Locke's hands. Yeah, what Bronco and SF said. Yep. Every word. Yep, it it uh, it makes a lot of sense. And, and also, I like that it's coming from the perspective of someone that didn't like the way Vic handled it and mm-hmm. threw his guys under the bus last year. We just didn't know the full story. Yeah, and uh, in that regard, I I think for I'm kind of glad this is out there because I think now maybe there's going to be some clarity and hopefully Broncos right. country really getting behind. Teddy. Exactly. And last one coming in from T Wood 16. He says, missed the cut for Friday's last pod. So here's my question about the discussion of Chubb and Sutton. What are your thoughts on lowering the yearly amount of their con- potential contract extensions, upping the guarantee and implementing incentives to up the yearly amount? Say Chubb gets the 17 per year and Sutton 16. Each have two to 4 million in incentives for games played and stats, total yards and total sacks could make the players maybe more motivated. Just wanted to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks. I personally love it, T. Woods. I think the Broncos would love it. You know who's not going to love it is the players. Mm-hmm. Are you saying no, 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 no? You don't get those two or four, two to four million dollars. You have to earn it. I would be one hundred percent down for sports being a one hundred percent incentive-based contract. But you know what? They're not. That's why Bradley Chubb and Cortland Sutton would say. Uh, I just want $20 million. I don't want to have to earn it. Bingo. And you hit the nail on the head. And, they're, they're, and they know that somebody's probably going to offer them that yep. deal without that sort of contingency. Yep. So it sounds good, T. Woods 16, and it sounds good in a vacuum. But the reality is you're not going to see a deal like that. Exactly. You're not going to see a deal like that. And Mace, I've loved seeing this pod all Mm -hmm. the way through you. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us on the live. Please hit us with a like, subscribe, turn on alerts so you know exactly when we're going live. But really hit us with a like. It means the world to us. And someone else that means the world to us is our friends over at Green Mountain Dental because they have been rolling with us for many years. Through the pandemic, back when we were BSN, like the shirt I'm rocking Mm -hmm. today, they've been rolling with us they're one of our longest partners and supporting our partners is supporting us so please check them out they're only a 15 minute drive from downtown denver and like i said earlier get a free gift from them schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and you'll receive a free sonicare toothbrush with doing something that you do anyways you get your teeth clean so schedule that cleaning x-ray and exam over in green mountain dental and get that free sonicare toothbrush all right mace that'll do it for us today thank you so much for rolling with us we really appreciate it and we'll be back tomorrow like i said we have three awesome shows coming up we've got season preview game preview and then giving you our broncos picks for the entire year so make sure to tune in for andrew mason i'm zach stevens Thank you so much for rolling with us. Have a great Tuesday. Roll out the truck and took a country drive. Now understand that you need some time. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton, stick to you.